Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. <clears throat> so, Dr. Wignall. Yo. I get a, well, a couple times a year, I'll get um, either a parent or both parents in my office who are really at wit's end with their um, child's drug use. Hmm. More often than not, of course, this is marijuana they're talking about. Um, and they're desperate to try to figure out a way to make their kids stop using marijuana. Mm -hmm. Usually the kids in high school or high school age, um, and they've just become aware of it, or it's been a thing for a few weeks or months, and they're, they're getting more and more frustrated by their child's reluctance to stop mm -hmm. using marijuana. Do you ever run into this? A bit. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of what the, the parents are in my office is they're really specific in saying, what do I do to make my kids stop doing this? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? When you hear a parent say, Dr. Wiggle, we've got to do something about this. How do I get my kid to stop smoking marijuana? Mm -hmm. Corporal punishment. <laughs> Just beat them. <laughs> beat them. <laughs> um, I mean, first, I like, I get it, you know. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I am, at, I have. Yeah, you can, you can my, empathize, right? Parents yeah, just, my daughters aren't at the age where they're. Um, <laughs> they're not smoking weed yet. Not quite. <laughs> it's funny because um, all your kids are younger than three, right? Yeah, four, four and a half yeah, and yeah. under. Yeah. yeah. So thank God you're not there yet. Um, no, but I, I get it. I imagine if I found out when my daughter was 15 that she'd been smoking weed for the last few months and I didn't know about it, and like. Yeah, I might, and then if it kept going on, mm -hmm, despite mm -hmm. me thinking about it, it was a bad idea, I, I imagine I would be pretty concerned. So, I, yeah, I definitely get it, and it's kind of it's uh, it's scary, but it's also I can imagine parents' minds going all sorts of places, all sorts of catastrophizing and worst yeah. case scenarioing. You know, the what ifing. What if uh -huh. this means they don't graduate? What if this means they don't? They start doing other stuff. Right. Worse the gateway stuff. drug. Mm -hmm. What if they're hanging with bad people? What if they're... Right. Yeah. So I try and keep all that in mind. When people are saying, I, you know, I need to stop my kid from smoking weed, sure. I try to remind myself, like, it's about more than that. Probably. It's, about, it, it's, it's probably more, how do I stop being so anxious about my kid's future? Part oh. Like, I, I'm really mm -hmm. worried here. Mm-hmm. Please help me figure out how to get rid of this worry. <laughs> yeah. And their solution is... Let's make the kids stop smoking weed. Yes. Yeah. So I, I try and explore all that first. Mm -hmm. um, is try and get them to kind of slow down. Go, you know, go back to the beginning. Let's talk through all this. Like, what are you actually? What's going through your mind? What are you thinking about? What's so you try to really elaborate on their motivation, their thoughts about this topic, their worries, their fears. Mm -hmm. Why are they choosing to, or why are they worried about this? Cause, yeah, because it. What I hear initially is I've got to get my kid to stop smoking weed. There is a bajillion and one things that kind of I've got this image of my this giant funnel. There's all these things from thoughts and fears and emotions and conversations and there's all this stuff that's kind of all packed into this one idea that they're telling me, which is I've got to get my kid to stop smoking weed. Right, so right. I want I want to kind of unpack some of that. Like when did this start? What are this? What's the stuff that's running through your mind? Like. What have you talked about? How have you talked about this with, you know, with your spouse, your partner, or like 
um, with your kid? Like what's that been like? So to really get them to slow down and kind of unpack what's going on. So that's usually my first kind of move. And, and, and you're doing that to kind of help them understand their process around this as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. To, so that they can, because sometimes we arrive at these ideas and these thoughts that we have or these worries or anxieties and we really, um, we arrive at them fairly quickly. We think fast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think in illogical ways or sometimes we overlook something or sometimes we're not completely aware of our agenda or our motivations. Yeah, and and frankly, like fear just makes you do stupid things a lot of time. Yeah, it doesn't help the the, <laughs> the cognition, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it it just it can really even though your intentions are really good, it can really end up backfiring when you're terrified of something and you feel like you have to do something now. Mm. Like that is a setup for unintended consequences. Yeah, and and often enough that that fear and that anxiety and that helplessness that's in there um, translates to a lot of anger. And so what do you a, lot mean? Of, well, a lot of the parents I have, you know, they're terrified. Mm-hmm. And, and so they go to their kid and they say, you got to stop doing this. And, the, right. you know, the, the second time they catch them doing it or they find out that they're still doing Uh-oh. it, now they feel helpless and even more afraid. Mm-hmm. And so now it's punitive. Now it's, I'm so angry that you've done this. And, and the interactions now become angry yeah. and, and, and more hostile or aggressive rather than, um, Yeah. So, so anger can be a big component in parents' reactions too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that's a big one. Um, so usually after that kind of exploration of the parents' own stuff, the, one of the other reasons I do that is it makes an easier transition to thinking in a more complex way about their kids and mm-hmm. maybe why they're smoking weed. Mm. Um, and I think, cause I think that's really important. Like, it's not about the weed. <laughs> I think most of the time it's, it's about what is, you have really have to think through like what is motivating that? Why are, why are they using it? You know, is it just because their friend did one time and they have tried it a few times at parties, you know, when other kids are doing it kind of peer pressure or is it because they have debilitating anxiety and that's the only way they know to feel better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, is it, you know, who knows? There can be a lot of different, so that, I just feel like that's, and we can get into this more, but that's super key is to, to, you really have to think through, try and think through the motivation, not just the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting problem. One of the things I really talk to parents a lot about when this conversation starts is, yeah, there are th- some things you can do to kind of communicate to your teenager. Or your, you can, you can attempt to address this problem with them. Um, one of the things I caution parents about is you, 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 it's probably a good idea to, to evaluate this in a way and and evaluate your behavior so that you're not allowing marijuana to be the topic of discussion with your kid day in and day out. Oh yeah. Because really quickly, this tends to be like one of those topics that that quickly is like the world starts revolving around it. Mm -hmm. Every conversation, every interaction um, is about this. And if you can imagine, there's a lot to your relationship with a kid. And if you make it all about trying to constrain them from doing one thing, that's going to be a really brutal relationship. Or not, though. So one thing I've noticed, and, and granted this is kind of a biased sample, but in situations like these that I've encountered with clients who come in um, mm-hmm. with this concern, a very obvious 
theme with all of these is these parents don't know a whole lot about their kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have kind of one dimensional or, and I don't, I don't want to sound judgy here, but kind of narrow relationships with their kids. Yeah. They don't really like as evidenced by, they have a really hard time with this kind of simple exercise of what are some reasons why your kid might be smoking marijuana? Right. Right. right? And they, they're just like baffled. They have, they, they can't come up with anything. Yeah. Well, and that might be a sign they don't know their kid well enough to really understand. That's what I mean. So there's a perfect example of, you know, maybe the marijuana is a symptom, not a cut. Like maybe it's, thinking through your relationship with your kid is sure. actually the far more important issue here, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. them smoking weed every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do if they're just in like terror mode of, Oh my God, my kid's smoking weed. They're pretty soon. They're going to be a crack addict and homeless under a bridge and right. dead. Right. They've got to stop. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think that's essential, right? You have to understand what's really going on, but you, it's hard to really understand your kids when you don't have a good relationship with them. Exactly. You don't have a good relationship. You've just found out they're smoking weed. And now every time you see them in the hall, you're like, Hey, right. You're, you're sniffing, you're looking at them. You're kind of, man, that, that just gets to be such a, a pressure cooker. Um, you know, every time you're, you're, you're around your kid, they're kind of already bristling and like, Oh gosh, when's it coming? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, so I, I quickly start to tell parents, man, make sure you're including other topics of conversation in your interactions. Make sure you're, you're still doing things with your kid because if the only thing you're talking about each time you approach your kid is whether they're using or not, mm-hmm. oh, that's going to be an awful situation for you and your kid eventually. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's such a powerful, um, approach is to, to, to handle this situation by, asking questions and trying to understand mm. rather than trying to change behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that's hard. Like if you're a parent and you're scared and you're maybe rightly so, I mean, maybe this isn't just a casual thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting more serious and they're mm-hmm. using a lot and maybe they're using other things too. Mm-hmm. Even so, I still think it's much more, it's going to be much more helpful in the long run to really try to understand what's going on. Understand your kid. Yeah. Under, you know, Sit down with them and or, or, or start paying more attention. I think that's a really big thing because like, like you, I see a lot where, you know, this, this becomes a topic of conversation and all of a sudden the parent's saying, well, they're, they're, they're saying they use it for anxiety. You know, they, they, they're saying they use it to sleep because they can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And man, you've got a whole host of conversations to have with your kid then instead of just stop doing it. Now you can talk about a lot of other things that are going on with your kid. Right. Yeah. And like you say, I, I like that idea of you invest in the relationship. It's not just about stop doing this. It's about more make the relationship better. Yeah. And I'm not saying ignore that problem. I'm just saying your your entire relationship, you don't want to be revolved around you policing your kid's marijuana use. Mm -hmm. And and your, your kid doesn't want your entire relationship with them about trying to avoid confrontation about their marijuana use and trying Mm -hmm. to hide or whatever it is. So it just becomes, I, I see a lot of parents where all of a sudden everything revolves around this problem and it's, it's ugly. Okay. Let me give you a hypothetical and see how you respond. Um, so I'm a parent and here's the situation. I got my 17 year old kid smokes weed a handful of times a month, maybe once a weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all they do. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not a ton. Um, they're generally a good kid. They do well in school, good grades. Um, but 
I really dislike that. I'd like, I, it's not okay with me that they're smoking weed. Mm. Uh, what do you do? Well, what do you, <laughs> I think, I think again, kind of in the vein of your response is to really look at the parents attachment to this. They can't, this mm-hmm. isn't acceptable. Um, because by what you're saying here, this kid's functioning pretty well in their life. Mm-hmm. There, there doesn't seem to be any kind of glaring side effects of their mm-hmm. marijuana use. Granted, it's okay to still feel like that's not appropriate mm-hmm. if you're a parent. But what is it about this that is that is so aggravating to you? Because it would appear there's no other kind of mm. glaring issue. So what what meaning are you ascribing to their marijuana use that you're this upset for? Mm-hmm. I, I'd want to know that. Not to say that we wouldn't talk about what they might do, but first let's let's unpack why this is so frustrating to you, even though it looks like your your mm-hmm. kid's doing rather well in yeah. life. Yeah, I've had some interesting conversations around this with, um, and actually some couples who ended up kind of at at odds because well let me back up so both i'm thinking of one situation where both parents were vehemently opposed to their kid smoking any kind mm-hmm. of weed um any amount any frequency but then it 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 the topic came up of that their kid also drinks from time to time and they're definitely underage mm-hmm. and then there was this awkward situation where the, the couple discovered the husband was actually kind of okay with the kid drinking every once in a while, uh-huh. and the wife was totally not okay with it. Uh-huh. And it set up this really interesting contrast of, huh, okay, so that's interesting that you're generally okay with them drinking, even though it's illegal, but not okay with them smoking weed, right? Even though it's it's illegal as well. Yeah, something um, to unpack there. Yeah, and it. So, but the point with that is that it was it was about unpacking your own thinking about marijuana use and weed and and kids not following the rules and the rules generally why do we have these rules Mm -hmm. what's the and i think most of us uh, including and i put myself in this category as a parent like most of us have not really thought through our rationales and thinking and feeling around particular rules that we feel strongly about yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say most people haven't done that <laughs> due diligence on a lot of the things they think about. But yes, I think you're right. Yeah. But I think that can be incredibly productive. Oh, it's huge. And, I, and I've been in those sessions before where as you're unpacking, the person kind of realizes, whoa, I'm, my thinking may have been way off about this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and they might not totally change direction, but they definitely have a better angle on what's going on in their life once they've kind of unpacked it and seen the pieces and how they're fitting together mm-hmm. in their own perception of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think if nothing else, that can be a really, um, a really good strategy with your kid. Cause I mean, most teenagers are a little, I don't think I'm going on a limb here, but I said they're a little defiant and rebellious, right? So if, if you say, you know, don't go North, they're going to go that direction mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and then if you so, follow them screaming at them uh-huh. to stop going, north, they're going to go faster. Yeah, they'll run even quicker. Right. Um, So you can use a little reverse psychology, I think, in the sense of what do you think it's good? It's going to kind of throw your kid for a curveball. If you, instead of with with kind of like paranoid, crazy eyes and like finger wagging and shouting and moralizing, if you go, oh yeah, like let's talk about that. I I realized, I was talking to my therapist and I realized like I haven't really thought through this rule I have about weed. Um, And so I'm, what do you think about it? Yeah. You know, if you were a parent, like what would your rule be about weed and why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 what are you 
pursuing here? What are you trying to yeah. get out of this? And what do right. you Why do you like it? And what's the benefit to you? Yeah. And there's a conversation. And, and I tell parents, this is the better route to go. Conversations rather than demands. Mm-hmm. And because if your kid responds to the demand pretty quickly, great. Have right. <laughs> you're probably not going to be in our office. Right. Usually by the time you end up in someone's office, it's like, man, I have threatened, screened, taken away, punished, you know, tried to barter with, bargain with, deal mm-hmm. with. And, and if that's not working, maybe try a different strategy. Better rethink your strategy. Yeah. Maybe yep. actually talk and have a conversation with your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, I think that's really hard for a lot of parents because, because they don't have that kind of relationship with their kid. I think that's, I think that is the real, can be the real kind of tragedy and, and obstacle in situations like this is that they, one of the reasons it's hard for parents to just sit down and have an actual conversation with their kid is they don't really do that. Yeah. They have no history of that. They don't practice that. At they lot. don't practice that. So it's a muscle that's completely atrophied yep. or kind of weak. Yeah. Um, and that's a really tough. And and I wouldn't blame all parents because in today's life, I mean, p- parents are busy. You know, both of them are working, both of them get home, they're tired, exhausted, whatever. The kids, you know, at school all day and has practice or some kind of club they're affiliated with or doing something. I mean, sometimes there's just not a lot of time for this. But I think what we're saying is make that time a priority. Because knowing your kid is probably going to help you understand what's going on in their life a lot more than just kind of letting them figure yeah. this out by themselves. Yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a moral thing so much as just like a mechanical thing, right? Like if you, that, <laughs> like ha, it, that relationship is, I think, what matters a whole lot more than that. You know, like if if you invest in that, yeah. good, like good things are going to happen. Well, and think of it this way: if you don't have a great relationship with your kid. And, and you don't know what's going on in their life. How much pull do you think they you have right. in their behavior? Why why would they choose to listen to you about advice with with marijuana? Mm-hmm. If you're not close to your kids and you don't have that kind of cloud anyway with them, or, or that kind of trusting intimate relationship, mm-hmm. why are they going to follow your advice? What is it you're hoping to? Right. That, that is, is, is motivating them there to follow you yeah. around. Yeah. I think the big thing there though is getting over the fear. I think yeah. that's what makes this so hard. Why is, do you think parents are so terrified of marijuana? Is it the gateway argument? Is it the, yeah, I think, I think some of it is the, is like an unintended consequence of kind of the whole like war on drugs thing mm-hmm. that we, and I mean that in the broad sense that like we're, we've culturally become very aware of, drugs and all the negative consequences. And so it's, it's something really that's like seeped into the cultural consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we see all this messaging about, yeah, part of it's like the gateway drug, but you just like, I don't know, d- drugs or you're always hearing about the opioid yeah. crisis and you know, you just fentanyl and you're hearing all this, all this stuff. And yeah. so I think it's just, it's in, it's in the air. Yeah. Like fear about drugs is just kind of. Well, it, and it does tend to be if my kids are smoking pot, then they're going to fell out of school. There's these very catastrophic kind of um, beliefs, um, I think, or, or worries that that get instilled in parents' minds about their their kids. And I, and I'm not a I'm, I don't condone adolescents using marijuana. You know, there's there's, but I don't think the way to to talk to your kids about it is to scream and yell at them and make them stop. That's probably going to be a losing strategy. Yeah, um, and well, and I think. 
even if you do decide that the right choice is to take a really hard line mm-hmm. on merit, like you get really serious and really consistent about consequences and mm-hmm. maybe you decide to do that. My thinking though is like, that's kind of a, probably a last case. That's like a last right. resort. Right. There are better things to try first. Yeah. Much better. Before you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ironically that, that the hard line approach, I think the reason it's so common is because it's easier well, and it, you're powerless, and you're and you realize I've got to make it, and it's, you're directed by your fear, which is I've got to make this stop. But that's what I'm saying. Like instituting these like super harsh, intense rules and consequences. Mm-hmm. That I think that's easier for a lot of people than try than either rebuilding or trying to build a relationship yeah. with their teenage kids. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah. I think that is the way harder, more intimidating prospect. Sure. And I think on some kind of semi-conscious level, people are like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. And so they go the other. And, and I don't even know how to do that. What does mm-hmm. that even look like? I think, so I can really empathize. Like, I think that's a lot of parents, I think, find themselves in the situation where they don't have a great relationship with their kids and their kids are doing things they don't approve of, but they don't, they don't have any standing. Well, and if that parent's afraid, the idea of of building a relationship over time with their kid or really trying to get more involved with their life, that's not going to take care of the problem right now, which is yeah, what they want. Right. Stop it right now, you know, and, and, and to say, well, maybe you need to talk to your kids and really understand. Mm-hmm. That seems like a process that's not going to make it stop right now. Right. Yeah. Um, one other thought I had was that, um, oh, some kids will will respond to the hard line. If, if that's the case, they're probably not going to be in our office. Mm-hmm. For kids that don't respond to that hard line initially, what ends up happening is the hard line gamifies the situation. It becomes, how do I get mm-hmm. away with this? Right? M- Mom and dad have told me they're going to search my room. They're going to toss my, my closets. They're going to be drug testing, whatever. All that does for a lot of kids that are going to be resistant to that, are it's going to make it a game and they're going to figure out how they're going to go to their buddies, their friends, and it becomes a game. How are we going to do this without getting caught? Mm-hmm. Which is not what you want. That That is, is the opposite of what you're looking for in this situation. Yeah. So that's an interesting point yeah. to jump onto the hard line right away. It's, it, it's a risk and, and some kids will respond to it and some, it just makes it fun. It makes it a game. How do I get away with this and not get caught? All the more reason to know yourself and your kid. And your kid, right? Yeah. Does my kid respond to those types yeah. of things or not? Um, yeah, because it, it it gets scary when it becomes a game, and it's really scary when you just don't know what's going on. You don't know your own thoughts about drugs, yeah. really. You don't yeah. you don't know your kids' motivations or thoughts. That is a terrible place to start making big decisions yeah. from. Well, and I feel for kids getting raised in, in these. I mean, pot is just so easy to get now for them. Um, and so many of their friends are doing it that it, 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 there's lots of, there's lots of issues around that, that we didn't face when we were younger, that mm-hmm. parents nowadays are not re- equipped for the, the fact that they can go to school and that that stuff is everywhere right? in different forms that you can consume it all day long. And so this this introduces a whole new um, kettle of fish for people nowadays, and, and especially for the kids. It's just so readily available to all of a sudden have a bunch of adults telling you you shouldn't do it, and you're looking around, and you're like, wait, everybody's doing this. What mm-hmm. are you talking about? 
it, this is a really delicate issue that, that we could probably have five, six more podcasts about because there's so much going on here. So for, for parents who are in that struggle, I would definitely consider maybe dropping the, the, the struggle, learning about your kid and spending time with them and understanding what they're going through and what, why they might be using this stuff and then come up with a plan that mm-hmm. makes sense and, and that you might have some buy-in with your kid. But and jumping down their throat about this and screaming at them probably isn't going to be the trick. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.